I'd like to I'd like to lead us here this morning in continuing in our series of, of the inbreaking of the kingdom of God and specifically to talk about the power of God's love today. And I'm going to be reading out of Luke chapter 1 verses 30 to 35 just to open us up here. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Well, as I said, welcome to this fourth and final Sunday of the season of Advent. And, and again, we're just going to make room. We're going to be purposeful to make room for him in our midst. We're going to be posturing ourselves to recognize God among us. And we were pausing to welcome his inbreaking power, the power of God's love here, into our lives and into our hearts. It's to you, Lord God, that we pray. Come with a certainty to affect the course of our lives. Come with a certainty, Lord God, to affect the future of this world. And we pray all the more in earnestly, come, Lord Jesus. Here in our Christmas story, we find the rich accounts of people whose lives have been inexplicably woven into God's kingdom come. Do you ever think of your life as being woven into God's story? You're part of his narrative. Do you think of your life like that? Or do you merely think of being a tag-along, just running and trying to keep up to him? But God, no, he has woven his story into all of us. And we're forever changed by the reality of his inbreaking power all the time. Now, are there moments when it is almost surreal and overwhelming, and then there are more moments when we're wondering, God, where are you? Maybe you're having a where are you moment this morning. I don't know. But the birth of Jesus marks this definitive inroad of God's love and his power breaking into our stories. This young girl, Mary, she's the embodiment of someone loved by God and who responds back with the same passion. It's a love story. It's our love story, our love story with God who is continually and faithfully breaking in, bringing us hope, even in some of our darkest and most hopeless of times. It's God's love, his story, written into mankind. 
revealed from prophets of old, recorded through God's holy scriptures, and passed on down through the generations. A supplement lectionary reading to this fourth week of this Advent series includes the heralded prophetic words of Isaiah to Judah's king Ahaz, predating the birth of Christ by almost 700 years. Both Matthew and Luke directly point back to the prophetic words uttered by Isaiah that were seen as a foreshadow of Christ's coming. All this took place, Matthew writes, to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Now, I find it's interesting when God breaks in that the very scriptures that both Matthew and Luke want to point to, point to a time when Judah was under pressure. And this word came as a prophesied sign that confirmed God's deliverance of Judah from the warring in the advancing kingdom of both northern Israel and Syria. God's inbreaking kingdom is actively bringing deliverance from the rulers of oppression and the enemy of Judah's souls and our souls. God is breaking in. Our Advent story, it's teaching us something, isn't it? God's inbreaking kingdom comes to bring deliverance from our enemies. When God's people are feeling hard-pressed, God comes to bring hope where hearts are made sad from deferral. When God's people are feeling lost and anxious about tomorrow, God comes to restore peace to the heart and into those places in us that are overwhelmed with uncertainty. When God's people feel their gratitude waning, God's Spirit rises up to inspire a chorus of hallelujah. And he brings those sometimes into the seasons that are are most overwhelmed with darkness. And even when God's people are feeling afraid, God comes to comfort. God comes to be lovingly present right here and right now. When we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling afraid, there's always a couple of voices going on in our head, isn't it, right? I don't know if it's the same with you as it can be with me. It's like I need to pull my bootstraps up. Where on earth is my faith in God? I've got to do something to prove something to him so that I can again experience his presence in my life. What on earth is wrong with me? But see, it's precisely in those times that God shows up and he comes. I want to start with three points for our talk here today. And we're encouraged to look at the person of Mary. Mary embodies someone who is deeply loved by God. Luke 1 verse 30, we 
We read it right from the very beginning. Remember the angels speaking to Mary, don't be afraid, Mary. Like a prophetic word, God is speaking, I believe, into her life. And maybe even to us as the readers of this story. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor in God. To be absolutely certain, there is something very special about Mary. The young girl who was chosen by God to carry his son into the world. But I believe Mary's story represents so much of our own story. It's a story that represents the impossible that can happen when God's people settle and set their affections on God and they determine to love him. It's a story that represents what can happen when we abandon our fears and exchange them for an obedience to his revealed purposes for our lives. It's a story of what can happen when we receive the child, when we receive him, when we receive his love, and we choose to believe in him. It's a story that represents the possibility for the inbreaking kingdom of God and his desire to work with us and to work through us. Like Mary, you and I have God in us. Have you thought about that? And if we have God in us, we have already found favor with him, with God. Like Mary, we as believers and followers of Christ carry the manifest love of the Father in us. Like Mary, all of God's children are given this privilege, a privilege to carry the same spirit who brought life to this earth when it was in chaos, when it was void of form and even light said that the spirit of the living God hovered over the waters. I love that narrative. God spoke. And life was born. God hovers over our lives. Like Mary, we carry the same spirit who not only brought life to the earth, but whose power brought life into Mary's womb. Artisans throughout the centuries have tried to capture Mary as the tender young woman of faith. She's inspired the imaginations of writers and musicians in songs and poems and in novels. Whole cathedrals, churches, and and if you've been a little south of here, multiplied children have been named after her. It's amazing how many Marys you can meet during a trip down into the Latino uh, places like Mexico and others. It's a heralded and holy name. But was Mary a whole lot more than maybe the eye meets 
She may be small, but she was indeed mighty in her deeds. Have you ever met someone who is small in stature, but larger than life? <laughs> Maybe you're saying, I married that person. But just think, you know, it, it's humorous. So many stories come to my mind. But yeah, think about it. Have you ever met somebody who is small in stature, but larger than life? <laughs> Some might say that Mother Teresa was a whole lot that way. A true force of life and character. Some might say she was small, but she was formidable. Some might say she was grumpy. I don't know. She was determined. I was looking back, I was thinking back to a story of Mother Teresa when she was invited to the presidential house to have breakfast with all of the members of government. You know, they, they get some photographs of her there, there at the presidential, but you can't see her because her face barely gets over the podium. And she had one one message for the Americas, and it was all about protecting their unborn. She had become actually good friends of, of many of the presidents, the Clintons being some of them, but she was never afraid to speak her mind. In fact, it's recorded in one of uh, Hillary Clinton's novels. She said that at one point in time when they were sitting down together, she had, had asked the story of Mother Teresa sitting across, or asked... Mother Teresa, a question sitting across the table as they were eating together. She says, why do you think it is, Mother Teresa, that we have no women presidents here in America? Do you know what her answer to her was? Maybe it's because you've already aborted her. Now, I, I'd thought carefully about sharing that with you because... You need to capture the heart for Mother Teresa. Hillary Clinton would say to you that she knew that Mother Teresa loved her. But she was true to herself. She had many things to say to the United States of America. She had many things to say to all of us. She might have been small, but she was formidable. I think it's safe to believe that Mary was a a whole lot more than is initially revealed. Like you can capture pictures of her as you read through the Gospels. But this is exactly where our creative and God-breathed faculties to conceive a true sense of the narrative are being invited to soar. God is inviting us to soar as we consider him. Lorena, I'm going to invite you to come up here now. And while she's doing that, I want you to jump ahead with all of us to a, to a scene where I left you a couple of weeks ago. Mary has experienced the sudden inbreaking of God's kingdom. She's been in 
in the presence of the angel Gabriel, who's come to give her the good news. She's found favor with God, and she has become what the Orthodox Church calls the God-bearer. And so the power of the Holy Spirit has come to rest on Mary, on the life of God that's been conceived within her, the Christ child in her. And filled with the love of God and overrun with the presence of the Holy Spirit and now full with the life and the promise of God inside of her, Mary has left her home and she's gone to be with her relative Elizabeth and her husband Zechariah. And immediately, before she's even able to share her good news with Elizabeth, who is now six months with child, carrying the prophet who will prepare the way for Christ's coming, Elizabeth spontaneously erupts with a prophetic announcement and blessing over Mary and with the child that she carries. And it's from this place that Mary's soul overflows in a song to the Lord. And I've invited Lorena specifically to come up and to just read this over us. I, I'm not going to put any words up there. I just I want you to close your mind. Close, no, open your mind. Don't close your mind. You might want to close your eyes, or you might want to open your eyes. I have no idea what's going to happen to her as she reads. might be spectacular. But just invite God to let you hear Mary in this song that's been inspired from, from the deep, deep places within her own heart and by the Spirit of the Lord. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. And a throng of angels sing, Hallelujah, Mary. Hallelujah. Before the angel Gabriel had even spoken, Mary was ripe with love for God. You know, the one way... Love God, it's, it's attractional to him and to the kingdom. She was light, ripe with love for the God, as I say, and she was confident, wasn't she, in his goodness and his mercy. Mary's song wasn't just some simple result of a, a spontaneous outburst where she sort of lost herself. But no, I say she was caught up with God. And she was caught up because I believe it was because the word of God had been planted so deeply inside of her already. 
because she'd been learning over those short years about faithfulness. And she'd been learning through loving instruction. God's word was already a part of who she was. But now, the Holy Spirit has come, and he, he comes to ignite the truth and the promises of God from deep within her. Small, but mighty indeed. Jesus was conceived in this marriage of Mary's love for God and in the power of God's spirit and love responding to her. Can you imagine this blessing and this fierce young woman declaring, he has performed mighty deeds with his arms. He has scattered those who are proud in their inner inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he has lifted up the humble. Sounds like the song of Hannah. Do you remember Hannah? Hannah without child. She has a similar experience too when she encounters the blessing of God and God hears her prayer for a child, doesn't she? Mary was already ripe, as I say, with the things of God. She was expecting the kingdom, praying for God to come and to break into their world. I don't think that she knew what the narrative looked like, honestly. I don't think she was praying to become suddenly and miraculously pregnant. I don't think that was even in her thoughts. But she had sown seeds, narratives, possible possibilities of God's faithfulness breaking out for her people, for the coming of his kingdom. Mary was ready to say yes to whatever God had in store for her. Are you ready to say yes to God? Is there anything that he's asking from you? I ask you this question, is, is God good? Do you believe he, he wants good for you, for your life? Do you believe it involves your family? That God, in fact, wants good for your family? Has God got your attention in this season and time of your life? Has he got you And a third point and final point of, of today's message is called Starting Afraid and Finishing Fearless. You and I, we all need to hear this. Fear never disqualifies anyone from experiencing the inbreaking of his kingdom. 
But it's how we respond to that fear that really matters. We're going to either move into a deeper place in God or we're going to move away from him in, in isolation from him. Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. I am convinced, as I said, that, that these words of certainty and promise found their place in Mary's heart. I believe that those words were a reminder to her and strengthened her throughout her life. Don't be afraid, Mary. Don't be afraid. Do you think she heard those words when she saw her son being taken away? by the guards and by the authorities and standing before Pilate. Do you think she heard those words? Don't be afraid, Mary. Mary made the right choice. Mary choose, chose to believe and to receive. Mary chose to love and trust in God, the God who had revealed himself through her life and through, through his word. Mary made the right choice. We can make that same choice in this time and in this season. God's love can make us want to say and do some wonderful things. But don't be looking around the world to back you up on them. The world won't back you up. Your friends who love Jesus will back you up, but the world won't back you up. Do you have some promise from God that is, is just brewing under the surface in your life? Do you have some obstacle that's keeping you from fully trusting or hoping in God, then be like Mary, who went straightway to share her news with Elizabeth. Surround yourself with faithful people. Invite in people who are full of God's Holy Spirit. People like Elizabeth who can speak lovingly and directly and faithfully into your life and who can stir up the gifts of God's spirit and the love of God that, that hovers over you, that lives within you. And invite those gifts to rise up in you. Invite faith to rise up in you. You know that even our faith in God is a gift from him. And if you lack that or feeling a lack for it, ask him for it. Ask him for more. Ask him to increase your faith. Some of you are afraid to ask that because you're afraid of what's going to come with that. Just figure, if, wow, if I just fly below the radar on this one, I'll, 
I'll, I'll hold on by whatever skin I've got left. Ask him for it. Be filled again with God's Holy Spirit and love. It's just not you. It is a gift of the Lord. It is the Lord's presence abiding you and stirring that up. Ask him for faith. Mary had experienced the inbreaking love of God the Father in her life. And it enabled her to throw off fear and to say yes to his plan for her life and to bear the world's Savior. What an awesome joy and responsibility that was given to such a young girl. And for all the joy and things suffered, Jesus' preparation for the ministry himself, for you remember his own preparation, was ushered in through the baptismal waters of the Jordan. That sign of dying to yourself and being needily cleansed so that you can present yourself to the Father. A statement of wanting change in your life and a new direction for yourself and a determination from hearing that this is what you want to do. Metanoia. I want change. Jesus himself went in through those baptismal waters of the Jordan and he came up experiencing the inbreaking of his Father's love and Holy Spirit on him. God's love prepares us and strengthens us for whatever road he's going to call us in. We just have to begin by saying yes. Yes, we might end up looking just a little foolish at first. Have you ever thought about that? (laughs) You're going to have to learn to laugh at yourself. Rule number one. Depend on God, but real close to that is learn to laugh at yourself. You might not always get things right. You might not look as impressive as the Jesus that you read about in the Bible right away. You might not be as impressive as God immediately, just starting out of the gate. But God loves it when we say yes. And we partner with him. (laughs) Yesterday afternoon, as I was preparing this message, Debbie and I received a, a welcomed message in the inbox of our phones. It was a text message. It was an invitation to pause and simply enjoy the simpler and more beautiful things of our lives. It was a video of our grandson, and I, I, I wish that the display was a little better than what I can see there. But it's our grandson raining, hanging out with his dad and learning the fine art of working out together. Wow, that was tough, Dad. 
What's missing there is a bit of the sound that came with that. I don't want to happen to that. It's, it's wonderful. But I, I wanted to share this with you. I laughed and I laughed and I laughed at that. The more I thought about that, and the more I thought about the timing of what I wanted to talk to you about, about walking with him, I thought, how much? That's like us with God, isn't it? But like, Rainin's all in. He thinks that he's done just a wonderful thing with his dad. And, you know, just wanting to celebrate even more so with his dad. Oops, he decided to sit on his head, you know. that. that. But why don't we begin by asking our father for a renewal of his love in us and in this season? Can we invite God to come and break into any sadness that might be dogging us right now? any kind of uncertainty in our life, any kind of sorrow. Some of you are experiencing that this season. You should be joyful, and you think you should, and yet there is a certain sadness going on in you. Mary likely suffered with some embarrassment as an unwed mother, but God was never embarrassed about her. And God will never be embarrassed about you, no matter where you've been or what you've suffered, no matter what you're struggling with now.